Hello and welcome to another Community Power podcast, a weekly series brought to you in partnership with Local Trust. My name's Chris Allen, and in this series, we're showcasing some incredible projects focusing in particular on what happens when you give local people the resources, the power and the assets to make a difference to their neighbourhoods. With me, as ever, is Beth Lazenby, our series producer. Beth, who are we going to be hearing from this week? So this week, we're going to be talking to Ralph and Frida from Arsenal West up near Manchester. And they're going to be sharing with us the kinds of things they've been doing to respond to both the cost of living crisis and also the climate crisis. And the first person I spoke to was, in fact, Frida and asked her to tell us a little bit about the area and about herself and her role. Right. OK, I'm Frida Eden and I'm co-chair of, of Arsenal West. And Sail West is in Greater Manchester, southwest of the city. Um, it's a rather strange setup in the sense that it was an originally um, a Manchester City Council overspill area, and um, so a lot of people were kind of transplanted from the city centre in the seventies and uh, found themselves in this rather leafy, nice green area, which was all very beautiful to look at. But when it came right down to it, it was difficult to find work in the area. You had to travel a long way to get um, employment. So it's had its drawbacks as well as its advantages, really. Um, so, but now it's, I mean, most people who come are very impressed with it. It's nice to look at. It's mm. still got green spaces. Although the, the housing association who now own it, um, are doing a huge um, regeneration at the moment. So right, it's changing right. before our very eyes and quite a lot of the green space is being swallowed up now with new housing. And, well, and both of you, over your 10 years or mm-hmm. plus, um, your kind of reflections, because, you know, where you started from where you are where you are now, what sort, of, what sort of most comes into your mind, Ralph, in terms of how it started, drawing a line on the map, and actually to now where you, you're caring for people way beyond the, the, the borders of where you first started. I think like most people, um, I was blinded by the possibility of bringing a million pounds into my community. Yeah. Uh, without sort of looking and thinking how much work would be entailed and certainly how much work on my part and, and the setting up the partnership and uh, Frida as a co-chair. Yeah. Uh, but I think for every um, hour I put into the process, I've received 15 hours and my community has re- received 15 hours of benefit right. from it. it. It's that social impact that, that we've made. Yeah. And I think the biggest factor with uh, the local trust and the, the big local um, sort of structure is the enhanced reputation that we built up in the community as a uh, can-do yeah, organization yeah. and as i say people come to us now and say we've got this issue can you do it for us yeah and the first question is oh, yeah boys you're not going to get it for free <laughs> <laughs> i'm quite right so frida yeah. you're not you're nodding along with that yes, that kind of absolutely. change in the, in, in the community how the community is seen how local people are seen mm. oh i think it's made a, a huge difference to it and and it, the reputation now is positive it used to at times be a, a little bit negative in the past but now it's it's really been a, a fabulous opportunity to to give people the chance to come forward and show what they're made of and we've discovered some real gems in the community i mean they've always been there but now they've been able to you know really develop and uh, get confidence and the support that we've been given through local trust, the training and everything, it's its made a huge difference, I think, to 
Confidence yeah, age, you say. Yeah, I suppose that comes from being listened to, mm-hmm. being taken seriously. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the ideas that people have got, they've always had, but they've not had a platform to actually share those ideas. And now they have. And with being able to have a, a plan and do different projects, have different aims um, and areas that we're interested in, they've found a, they're not all interested in everything, but they've all all found somewhere they can sort of shine and um, and help. So, yeah, mm. they, they feel they're making a difference and they, they know they're making a difference, so it's really good. And and Ralph, you say, you know, you're not going to get it for free, you're not going to get out for now. That's confidence. It's sort of so it's recognising the role you can play in the community, how yeah. important that is. I, I think I'm, I'm afraid has done herself a slight disservice with her introduction because she's mm. been involved with the partnership since... 2013, but she's been a, uh, a local school teacher for, for many years before that. So, right. so Frieda is seeing second and third generation family members of people she, she's taught. And I think um, I, I like paraphrasing as much as I can. And one of my favourite ones is uh, there used to be a, an old adage that says the customer is always right. Now I put a slightly different slant on that and say, the community is not always right, but they should always be listened to. Yeah. Because yeah. we're not perfect. We don't have the solution to every problem, but we do have that local knowledge and we have that local sort of connection. So so if you want to solve a problem, you may be the best person to solve it, but come and speak to us because we could most probably make your life easier. And if you found you, you've become that go-to place for yes. consultation, that's happened. Because that's a massive culture change. Yeah, I, I mean, and the prime example is, and this is where I took a step back um, because Frida um, was the lead on our school climate crisis conference. Yep. And, and people have said to us, How d- I have difficulty getting one school involved. How did you get six schools involved? <laughs> well, go on, Frida, how did you do it? All right. <laughs> well, of course, it helped. I've worked at one of the, the neighbourhood schools for about 25 years. so yep. And I've always been um, involved in environmental Um, issues and uh, talk about that and all the rest of it so it's something very dear to my heart so when I joined the partnership first I was I'm I'm not a resident I'm very nearly a resident of the estate 20 yards away (laughs) if you if you put the line thick enough on that map you first (laughs) so um I I, at first I was thinking well I'm really interested in this and it's 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 great to be part of it but what can I contribute here you know it's a little bit unclear at first then I realized that my years with the school and also knowing some staff in nearby schools as well would be useful and that we could build up um, our contacts with the schools uh, and thereby we could reach young people um, especially the young residents on the estate so um, uh, in 2018 we had uh, had the idea of having a school council uh, conference because I knew that we had had a school council and all the schools, local schools had one. So we thought, why not bring them together and make it like a, a real adult type conference so that they're the keynote speakers, right. they help with workshops and all that kind of thing. So that was a big success. Mm. So we were hoping to repeat it in 2020. And then, of course, COVID came along. So that was the end of that idea. So we, we waited and waited and finally we thought, right, we've got the all clear now, we can do it this year. So we did it this year. Right. Uh, as we, we changed it from school council to um, the school climate crisis conference, because that's a huge, uh, very, very 
current worry and, and something that you know really mm. concerns people. We had about 60 pupils who came and they all did presentations on um, projects close to their hearts. And fortunately, that worked out as a, a fantastic variety of different topics. And, 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 you know, the experience of locally and, and worldwide is actually young people, younger people are taking the lead and we are mm-hmm. following, aren't we? Yeah. Because actually um, such issues are the very heart of young people. So you're enabling them to mm-hmm. express themselves, but also take a lead in the yes. area. Yes. Well, what we wanted to do was to make their voices the main voices there. We weren't wanting them just to come and sit and have a load of adults just talking at them, you know, and it was very boring. <laughs> and we as adults really got to listen to them and mm. try and help them. So we invited a lot of... We, we had some... Um, once we knew what interested them, we made it our business to invite organisations that could support and mentor them. Each school at the end chose a project that right. they would carry forward so we can follow this up maybe. Well, my next question was what happens yeah. next? Right. <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So, so what, what, what are the kind of projects that are coming out of the schools? Then? Okay. What, what? Well, we had, uh, for example, um, one area that, terribly concerned about two schools in particular um, about air pollution because they have very busy roads near them there's a lot of uh, worry about asthma and, and, and general health and safety concerns around um, children coming to school and leaving school uh, a couple of the schools have now set up with organizations we invited along one is um, a project for walking encouraging people to walk to school another school who are having a huge extension have had it now it's now complete but it's swallowed up about half of the field that they used to have the area outside school so they were looking for ways of making the most of what they have left Mm. so they're looking to um, get advice about growing things um, making uh, you know areas for growing vegetables for uh, just a quiet place for people to sit that kind of thing and it's a very you know i think we're beginning to learn aren't we because climate change was sort of seemed to be out there and it's big and we've got nothing about mm-hmm. it and it's coming down right into communities very practical things that can be done mm-hmm. and now being driven by children young people yeah. in in the wider context as well mm-hmm. and it's good to see those coming out coming out of it. it must excite you Yes, absolutely. Well, when I was working at the school uh, um, before um, I became part of this, um, we used to talk a lot about pester power. You know, that, that was a <laughs> thing that if you got the kids, they went home, oh, they, they, they started telling off their parents, you know, why are you doing this, why are you doing that? Um, and so you, you spread the word in that yeah. way. So it's, it's very much that now. Uh, we also had one high school, uh, which is a big school um, nearby, and so they came, and they really are keen. We we had a big parade. We organised this before the conference started. Uh, we it was actually the high school who suggested it, and they said, "Let's meet a nearby field, and then we'll walk to the conference." Well, you know, to our community centre. Yeah. Uh, so they did, and it was really quite a sight. Well, it was sort of brought a lump to my throat. I must say, watching them because they were all coming with um, the pupils, the staff, all holding big placards, you know. And we had the mayor and mayoress ready to receive them. But we mustn't rest on our laurels. That was just the start. We need to follow it up, give them other opportunities. Um, so that's what we're wanting to do now. No, brilliant, brilliant. I, I think on, on that point, though, because once again, Frida is an expert at 
putting herself not, not under, telling under the story. Selling herself, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because to get this conference from the original idea to um, completion, it took most probably over a year with sort of mm-hmm. issues and. And I was one step behind Frida carrying her laptop and stuff. But, but, the, <laughs> but the amount of um, sort of conversations we had to have going into schools and coordinating the school year so it didn't affect their sort of normal curriculum, yeah. and and and, so, and then bringing the head teachers together as a collective body, uh, it it took a lot of sort of uh, determination and mm-hmm. and willpower on. Uh, Frida and I. Every time I went into school, I always did the same uh, statement. I don't have to sell climate change and climate crisis to your pupils. They get it. Yeah. It's people of my age group mm. that we have to sell it to. And that's why we wanted it to be the Young People's Conference because we've all been talking about legacy for the last at least three, four years in local trust. The legacy is what you pass on to the next generation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and this is where I think we, we had a Well, great young people have been running ahead yeah. of this and saying, come on, guys, keep up yeah. with us, haven't yeah. they? Yeah. It's yeah. been... A, it's been different. Now, obviously, the climate crisis is there and it's going to continue. And, you know, you're doing stuff locally, happening internationally. Another crisis, cost of living, Ralph, um, and knowing your heart for your community, that must both worry you, but also it will drive you, I think, to doing practical stuff. Oh, without doubt. I consider the, uh, the cost of living crisis to be the next tsunami that's heading our way. How you deal with the cost of living crisis... And I say I don't know because it's a changing landscape. Now, we're quite fortunate because um, from day one of the COVID crisis, uh, we changed from being a big local area to being a COVID response for uh, sale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, as I was saying, we moved from being responsible for 4,500 residents to 45,000. Right. Right. And we had to sort of wear two hats. So, we were juggling... The RCL West, because we couldn't put that into hibernation, because that's our main focus. Mm. We're the picking up the uh, the pieces to run this hub, and and one of the first conversations that I had and Claire, my our project manager, mm. was, uh, what do we get from it uh, financially? Because yeah. the time and for the last uh, sort of well since the end of 2018 to the present day because the council came back to us um, sort of three weeks ago. They came back to us and said, can we extend that contract? Uh, we've now got full cost recovery for two of our staff members, right. salary-wise. Right. We've now we, Then we moved on to the sort of fuel energy crisis, and now we've got the cost of living crisis. We had to postpone uh, an AGM um, in 2019. Uh, so we had our AGM two, three months ago, Frida. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the figures that I looked at, and then they had to look at, because I thought we'd added an extra zero or something. But since the sort of September 2019 to the present day, for example, uh, we've just broken, and I don't know if it's, this is something to be proud of, uh, the delivery of over 300,000 meals to our community. Well, I think it's something to say, well done. Well, well it, but, it, it but, is, but, but it's but, something you know, that we, you, you wouldn't want, you want, to, want do. to do. Um, yeah, yeah. It, mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those things that you think... When can we get rid of it? But I don't yeah. think in my lifetime it, that will ever happen. There'll always be a need. I was going to say, community needs go in cycles yes. over a long period of time. It strikes me, though, here that being you were there, you know, yeah. and, and that was you were there because you, you recognised the opportunity Big Local was offering yeah. and it came along. You were there for what was a million pound programme yeah. and now then we had, you had the COVID response and now there's other responses. But there's always going to be needs perhaps in in communities such as South West that, that um, you're going to be there for. And that community 
infrastructure, for want of a better yeah. word, mm-hmm. people coming together to support each other is is the is the key bit. Yeah, it? and there are a lot of big local areas doing similar, if not better, things. We're part of that collective culture about because we was able to go from day one yeah. because we had that big local structure behind us where local councils had to have 26 meetings and write 14 different policies and six weeks later they'll say, oh... Can well, you do it for us? Yeah, we'll, we'll employ <laughs> someone. And, and we'd been doing it. But, but it's, it's also about, I think, uh, the changing needs of the community because it, it, it's got this, there's still need for sort of emergency food and so. But now we're going towards the cost of living and that sort of people are unable to pay their fuel bills. We've just gone through the, the crisis of a new school year and families not being able to uh, buy school uniforms, for yeah. example. Yeah. And, and it's, it's that sort of thing that you think, well, what can we do about it? Mm-hmm. And, and we're very fortunate in, in South West because, as I say, we've got um, co-chairs and, and Frida takes a lot of... Uh, the burden of what was on my shoulder, but but I, I think we make a perfect team because Frida's got that sort of determined sort of uh, Scottish grit with that lovely <laughs> lilt to her voice, uh, and I like talking to people. I was going to say, go on, Frida. What do you th- what does Ralph bring to the party? I can't imagine. Oh goodness, where do I begin? Well, he's kind of the the father of the estate. I would say, kind of Old patriarchal. Yes, um, I think everybody knows. Ralph in in the estate and and we think such a lot of him because he's really driven this forward and he's passionate about the estate and so you know I don't know where we'd be without him. Well, really, I'm going to say well, let, let, let's leave aside family references and say you're both you're both great champions for your community and, yeah, and, and thank yeah. you to you both and and through you thank you to everybody who works with you because it is yeah. a team effort I yeah, know absolutely. that and yeah. well done and all that. Can you've I just achieved. make a final point on that because you, I will let you. Well, well, you picked on the key point. It's a team effort because we've got four part-time members of staff as part of our team, mm. and I speak to um, chairs of other big locals and they'll say to me, "Why have you got paid staff?" And my response to that is, why haven't you got paid staff? Because I don't know what what we could do without the staff support. Mm -hmm. And they've become an integral part of that team. That uh, was Ralph Rudden, as ever, having the final word. (laughs) He always seems to get that. Before that, we heard from Frida Eden. Incredible couple up there in Southwest, working so hard, Beth. Yeah, absolutely. I think they make a real dynamic duo. um, And it was great to hear from both of them of all the amazing work that they're doing. So tell us about what's coming up in the rest of the series and where people can find out more information about this particular episode. So for this episode, um, we'll be sharing more information around our sale West in the show notes. So in the next few weeks, we're going to be hearing some other amazing projects happening from both big local partnerships and creative civic change partnerships as well. Um, so everything from local bike clubs to creative street art projects to um, training for local families to sort of transform their relationships. We've got a lot to look forward to. Thanks, Beth. Indeed, Beth and I look forward to you joining us next time on the Community Power Podcast brought you by Local Trust, discovering what happens when you give local people the resources, the power and the assets to make a difference to their neighbourhoods.